Hey, welcome to the Kingdom Dynamics Podcast. God is a spirit, and you are a spirit who is living in a body that is trapped in a three-dimensional world, limited by time and space. But your spirit man, your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions will live forever. One day, you are going to see God. His name is Jesus Christ. He is the king of the kingdom of God, which is a government. It is a city. It is a country that will never end. Heaven will end. Earth will end. But his words will never pass away. We have the amazing privilege to not only know God through Jesus Christ, but to be as God on the earth. We are the image of God, and we have got to be born again by the Holy Spirit. We return to the original image of God, and we begin to proclaim the kingdom has arrived. Can edit. Yep. Welcome back to the Kingdom Dynamics podcast. I'm here with my mum, my most... Uh, fervent listener. So welcome, Anne. Hello, everybody. So mum has been listening to every episode of, of my podcast and often gives me feedback and asks questions about, you know, the kingdom. So just tell tell us, Anne, uh, what, what's it been like listening to this episode, the, the podcast every week for how many years three now? Three years, is it? Oh, I think maybe. Nearly long. three years. Or well, starting in the end of 2018, I think. Yeah. Well, at first I really didn't have a clue what Jonathan was talking about and I'd listen and then think, okay, so what did I just hear? So, and then I've, I learned that he, if you're speaking in the spirit, the brain and the mind cannot understand and it's taken me two to three years to even get a concept of what the kingdom is and what it is in reality. Okay. That's great. So you were brought up a Catholic and and I guess like many of us you had a fear of God, a, a knowing of God, but it wasn't until later in life that you were born again, filled with the Spirit, and you went to a Pentecostal church that talked about the kingdom sometimes. We had Bill Johnson coming every year for about 15 years talking about heaven invading earth you know wasn't that enough like what was the difference between what church exposed you to and what i've been talking about is it even the same religion for people who might be suspicious how come we don't hear about kingdom in church i have no idea um it's really hard to answer. I remember, yeah, Bill Johnson would say, call heaven down to earth, that we, that we pray from heaven, we're seated in the heavenly realms and that's where we pray from. But it took me 20 years to even start to understand what they were talking about. But, yeah, I don't. the kingdom wasn't preached in church at all as far as I can recall or remember. It was a new concept to, for me, even though Jesus came to preach the kingdom, but I didn't know what the kingdom was. Even after, even after 20 years in Pentecostal churches? 
No, no idea. So really practically, you probably don't even know that you've been changing, radically changing into the image of Christ. Every day or at least every week, you have prayed for a homeless person, you gave money to some stranger on the street, you're laying hands on the sick, you know, and praying for people to be healed of cancer, family members are crying when you lay hands on them. This this never happened. I, I've seen this incredible expression of the kingdom of God with signs and wonders following in your life in the last few years since you've been listening to the podcast. Uh, would you say that there's been a connection? And, and describe just practically, I think it's Every day there's a there's a testimony, and that is the kingdom. So go, tell people. Yeah, well, what I've noticed is in the last two years, two to three years, I've completely and utterly changed. I mean, I've turned from a left-wing believing Marxist-minded crazy person into a right-wing, um, you're completely different person. Like I can't watch television anymore. I can't read newspapers anymore. I, I just want to seek after the kingdom of God. I just want to read his word and I want to do what we've been commanded to do and I have a compassion for people, the homeless and the people on the street and the lost. So I have, <laughs> which has totally surprised me, and my, sis, my family think, well, who is this person? You're completely different. So, yeah. Tell us what just some of the things that have happened in the last two or three weeks, you know, testimonies. Um... Well, I, if I see a, a, a homeless person on a bench, the Lord just says, you go back. You go back and pray for him. And I have to. <laughs> and there was one young, young man, beautiful young man, but he was so thin and lying on a bench outside of a church and the bench he was lying on said, come to me all ye who labour, but he was oblivious of that. And I gave him a big bottle of water and some cheese and crackers and I said, are you hungry? He said, I'm starving. And I said, are you sick? What's wrong with you? He said, no, I'm just sick in the head. So <laughs> he was really sweet and I said, can I pray for you? Yes, I prayed for him and told him about the kingdom and told him that he was precious and beloved and and that he was um, created by God and breathed into his mother's womb and told him all of that stuff and he sort of smiled and let me pray for him and and then after, you know, I prayed for his healing and mental healing and everything else. And then I always feel guilty, though, that then I left him there because I think we need somewhere to take those people and give them housing. I really want to take them home. <laughs> That's great. And what a, this is amazing. So I, I know we've had COVID, we've had lockdown, so that's possibly contributed to your, you know, revival. But personally, I believe that, you know, Jesus Christ said if, he, if we understand the parable of the sower, if we receive the word of the kingdom of God, we will bear much fruit. And that's what I've seen happen in you. You have received the word of the kingdom. It is a yeast. It is a yeast that has grown in your life to become the biggest tree. And I find I'm you know, sometimes you say to me, John, you sound angry. You know, you're so angry in your podcast <laughs> because 
the king, I find it really frustrating because most Christians, I'd say 99% of Christians do not know what the kingdom is. They do not understand it. And when they listen to my podcast, I don't know, but when they hear the message of the kingdom, it is so foreign to everything they experience on Christian TV and in their own reading of the Bible, they missed the point. They completely missed the kingdom. And and I find that they would, you know, like you, it, they would take a lot of time to to be able to receive the word because, you know, we have to repent. That's the entry into the kingdom is to repent. Like if we're not willing to change, if you weren't willing to have your mind renewed, if you weren't willing to weed out of yourself religion, beware of the East of the Pharisees, beware of the East of politics, you know, there's actually a lot of hard work, you know, to, to discipline. You've got to take every thought captive. You've got to, you know, so do you want to talk to me about that frustration, the, the battle that you have internally, the, the demonic spirits that you fight on a daily basis, the flesh that you have to crucify. I mean, this is the reality. I can make people feel good with a message, but the reality is this is a battle that we're in. It's a battle in the mind. It's a, it's a victory. Our faith, like I'm not saying that we don't have peace and joy and, and love, but let's, let's, de- let's just go to the conflict whether that's personal conflict or, or spiritual conflict or conflict in the home. I mean, your husband's a Christian, he goes to church, but do you guys get along when it comes to the kingdom? Anyway, I'm going to see if you just feel free to answer however you will. Oh, no. My husband thinks I'm a fanatic maniac that is um, obsessed with God and reading and all of this stuff. Um, he thinks I've gone a little bit overboard, as he thinks Jonathan has too. <laughs> but that's what we're called to. That's obedience really to what we're called to. Um, just that thing about the flesh and the the, the fight, the conflict with the, the spirit is every morning because I think, well, I've been renewed. I wake up in the morning and, oh, who am I? Oh, Oh, I don't feel really good. I feel a bit depressed. Um, okay, what do I do? What do I do? <laughs> and I used to ask Jonathan, he'd say, soon as you get up, read a scripture or pray in tongues. You've got to break through every morning. And so that is absolutely true. When I wake up, I'm in the flesh and it's a choice. You yeah. have to step into the spirit. Yeah. And at first I never had a clue what Jonathan was saying. Mum, you're talking from your flesh. I <laughs> only talk to me if it's from your spirit. And I think I didn't know what he was talking about, but I do understand yeah, now. <laughs> I do understand now. It, it's hard. Like we, you know, we've planted the, the Melbourne Underground Church. We've got a handful of people really um, probably more people scattered abroad who've connected with us online or with emails and video chats and things, but only a handful. But we've it's it's taken probably six months to see some of those people. You know, we, I won't mention them without their permission. But I, I, what I'm seeing is what what has happened in you is starting to happen in in others as well, which is exciting. But it is a um, you know it is a narrow path. Very few find it. Many are called, but few are chosen. And broad is the path that leads to destruction. 
where we're living in days where lawlessness abounds, where, you know, the judge doesn't know what a man or a woman is anymore. And, you know, we're locking up healthy people instead of locking up sick people. Everything seems to be backwards. So I think that this is a really exciting time to be preaching the kingdom. And I'm, I've got a burden and a, a, a heaviness, a glory in me, like a, a weight of glory in me because I feel the prescient nature of God. I feel that we are sowing seeds and preparing the ground for a church that is being born, that there's a church of Jesus Christ that is being born in adversity, that the, 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 the systems of the world and the church is being shaken. People are not able to meet in ways that they used to meet. Some have to be vaccinated to go to church, this, that, and the other. So I actually believe that the kingdom message is going to become preeminent and peop- the church of Jesus Christ is going to be standing on the rock of the word, not standing on religion or denominationalism or on a particular man or a woman, but we're actually going to, for the first time, really not only believe the word of God that's spoken, which is the word of the kingdom, but we're actually going to do it. And and that's going to be... But the thing is, it looks really different to what you would expect. The disciples in the early church were expecting Jesus to bring a military kingdom. They were disappointed. They weren't expecting him to be resurrected because no one was waiting for him on the third day, even though he told them. And I think we have the same misconceptions now. We see these perfect Christians on TV with their perfect families and their white teeth and and they've got no problems and that's not the kingdom. I mean that Jesus said your your enemies will be in your own family. I came not to bring peace but but I came to bring a sword. And you look at Paul, you know, being in prison and Jesus being persecuted and all those scriptures that our religious Christianity seems to ignore that you need to lose your life to find it. And it's actually in the sufferings that we glory. It's in the trial and the tribulation that our faith is made perfect. So for me, the kingdom perspective empowers me to think when things go wrong, that's when I find out who I really am. When things don't happen, that's an opportunity to change. And the more shaking that there is, the better. Because the more shaking, the more uncertainty in the world, the more I stand on the rock of the word. And Jesus said that if you uh, build your house on the rock... No matter how many waves and things are crashing, you'll 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 be stable. Can I ask a question about that? I was thinking of that today because my sisters, I try to tell them, look, Jesus has died for you. You know, it's time to come to Jesus. And then I I was thinking this morning, well, how can we say that because we've got Jesus in the kingdom that it's better? You know, we're offering you something better. And um, if our lives are falling apart and everything's going wrong and we're getting sick too, I'm thinking, well, how do we sell this to them? They think we're totally nuts. But then the Holy Spirit showed me it's all internal. It's the joy that we have and it's the victory. As Jonathan was just saying, when everything goes belly up, it's our trust and our faith and we have the hope of eternal life. And we have the love of the Holy Spirit. We have the peace. And they're sort of things that you can't really tell people about. Amen. Yes, remember. So this is where religious, seeker-friendly Christianity, there are a lot of doctrines of demons that that are not, uh, not 
biblical. They're not the truth. Dominionism, the idea that the, the church is going to take over the seven mountains, that's not biblical. And seeker-friendly Christianity, come to church, have a light show, you know, we'll babysit your children. Even the idea of separating our children into children's church is is horrific because we, as the parents, are to disciple our children and we do not segregate. That is post-industrial revolution stuff that is not scriptural. Um, you know, sure, it's great for your children to be friends with other Christians, but you do not outsource discipleship. That's like prostitution, really, of, of, of you know, to actually... Um, you know, rather than intimately knowing your wife, you're going to just, you know, look at a pornogra- pornographic magazine. That's absurd. So h- discipleship is replicating yourself. You are modeling the kingdom to your children. You're discipling your children. You're not separating them off into a factory model of, of, of franchising. Um, so, to, so to answer your question or to elaborate on what you're saying, Paul said... Um, you know, not many noble people are, are saved. You know, God chose the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. He said that the, he said, I know nothing but Christ crucified. He said that that the cross is a stumbling block to the Jews and it's foolishness to the Gentiles. So when you tell your family about the true kingdom of God, it is offensive to their mind. A virgin birth, I mean, it's absurd. Yeah. Jesus being taken up into the clouds like some science fiction fantasy, you know, that he's going to come back and, this, you know, it's the absolute truth, but it is offensive. And I live out of, I live out of 1 Corinthians chapter 2, which says that the spiritual man discerns all things. But the natural man, which is everyone who's not born again, the natural man cannot comprehend, cannot comprehend the things of the Spirit. So ultimately, we have to do what Paul said, which is to pray for the veil to be lifted. 2 Corinthians 4, the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers. It's only when they turn to Christ, usually in desperation, usually after we've prayed and lifted the veil in prayer, we've prayed that the that your sisters would have their eyes open because often it's when they need God, when we are able to show them the kingdom because the kingdom is a government. Jesus said, I could call legions of angels to save me. He said that to Pilate. So so a kingdom has a military. That's the angels. A kingdom has a government. A kingdom has citizens. A kingdom has health care. A kingdom is a real, real uh, country. It's a country. So we are, we're, we're, we're on this earth, but we are citizens of heaven. So we are from another country. Our country pays our health care. Our country pays our, our, <laughs> our benefits come from our country. You know, so so you can show your sisters the benefits of your country. You can show them healing. You can show them it, it freely you've received, freely give. And that's where when you pray for them, you, you, Jesus said, don't throw your pearls before swine. You know, he said, shake the dust off your feet. He said, you know, people will hate you because they hated me. So your responsibility isn't to convince them. Because you can't. You can't. Your responsibility is to proclaim the truth, and the truth will set them free. 
Um, and it's, it's actually totally up to them. And that's where I think a lot of Christians get lost in religion because they're praying and praying and praying for people who don't want it. And we should let them go. You know, we should let them go. Paul said, how can you save your wife, O husband? And how can you save your husband, O wife? He said that. He said, if you're married to an unbelieving husband or wife, what, how can you save them? He said, but if they're willing to stay with you, then keep them. But if they're not willing to stay, then let them go. I mean, this is in the Bible. Yeah. Revelation 21 says, he who is sinning, he who is evil, let him be evil. He who is holy, let him be holy. So this seems to be a paradox in our satanic religious cult mindset which Jesus said to beware of, the yeast of the Pharisees. The, see, the, the religion, the yeast of the Pharisees will say, everyone's invited to church, we love everybody, everyone can come, and, and everyone's the same, and it's this sort of industrial revolution, manufacturing, cookie-cutter Christianity factory where you're pushing out these, these drones who don't really bear fruit. They don't bear fruit because they don't know God. I'm sorry, but John says, if you know him, you will be like him and you will walk as Jesus walked. This is how we know that we, we, we know God because we love our brothers and sisters because we, we obey his commandments. And that's what I'm seeing happening in you. Can I ask you a question? So, John, just for the listener, what does it mean to be in the kingdom in your daily life, say, you get up, you get in your car, you're driving, you go to the market to buy your food. What is it? How does the kingdom manifest in you or what does it mean in practicality when you're doing the washing? Looking yeah, okay. Well, it's so easy and it's it's so deep and it's so simple. Um, the It's gardening. It's management. Because I so the the simple answer is I follow Jesus. He said, "Come and follow me. Deny yourself and follow me." So every day I'm following him. It is not my life. It is no longer I who lives, but it's Christ who lives within me. I literally just do the Bible. I literally obey the words of Jesus. If he says don't judge, then I don't judge. If he says forgive, then I forgive. If he said make amends with your neighbor while you still have time, while you're on the road. So, for example, I have family members who are not very in, you know, not in communication with me. So I, I would like to stick it to the man, you know, but I will go out of my way against my flesh, against my will. I did not my will be done, but your will be done. I will go and love them visit them, talk to them, pray for them, and not keep a record of wrongs. I could, I could tell them to get stuffed. I could, write, <laughs> I could write them off. I could even potentially take legal action against them. But, yeah. but I, do, I do what Jesus said, and I actually do that. And I actually give money to people who need it if they are. So I, I don't look to my own needs. I consider the needs of others. And it's not religious. It's not hard. It's easy. Jesus said, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. But behind all of that, because it's not, I couldn't do it through religion. Paul said, it's put to death the deeds of the body by the spirit that you might live. I cannot even die without the spirit's help. 
Like you said, you wake up in the morning and you don't know what to do and you have to crucify your flesh. Even that you can't do. Even if you want to die to yourself, you can't do it because it's by the spirit that we put to death the deeds of the body. Hey, that's new to me. Yeah. So, so what I'm saying is I wake up in the morning and I say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow you today, God. I'm going to choose you. I don't even know what to do. I don't know what to pray. Just help me pray. And I pray in the spirit. So... Paul said, pray at all times in the spirit, you know, and it's the, um, the, the, a lot of other scriptures talk about praying in the spirit. When we pray in the spirit, we edify our own spirit. So most of my Christian life is praying in the spirit because as I pray in the spirit, I'm praying perfect prayers to God. It's edifying my spirit. It's, it's tra- renewing my mind. It's, it's releasing angelic help because the angels are getting instruction through my prayers because the Bible says that we pray in the language of angels. Why would I need to pray in the language of angels? Obviously, because God knows what they need to do. So a lot of my life is very practical, but it comes from a kingdom understanding. So I don't just pray in tongues because the Bible says so, and I don't just obey Jesus because I'm afraid that if I don't forgive everybody that I'll be judged and go to hell. No, it's not about rules and regulation out of my mental assent to God. It's actually I am a new creation. I know the old man is dead and this person living in this body is an entirely new creation who is already accepted by God, who's already approved by God, who will live forever with God no matter what I do. I'm accepted, I'm beloved, I'm in. I'm not performing. I'm not performing for acceptance. If I die, I will be with him and he will say good and faithful servant. But I, out of that acceptance and love, I want to please him. You know, we love because he first loved us. He who's forgiven much will love much. So it is all a response to what God has actually literally done in the kingdom. And he gives us understanding. So if you don't understand the kingdom, Jesus said, how will you understand any other parable? He said, if you don't understand this parable of the kingdom in Matthew 13, you will not understand any other parable. He said, to he who has, more will be given. And to he who doesn't have, even what little he has will be taken away. So I'm living in this in this sort of perpetual increase. An increase, the government is on his shoulders, and of the increase of his government, there will be no end. So we're being changed from glory to glory, from strength to strength. We're being transformed by the renewing of our mind. We're being changed into his image day by day from one degree of glory to another. The revelation that I have yesterday is being built upon. I have more today than I had yesterday, and I have abundance. So what's happening is I'm getting more revelation of the kingdom every day as I implement and actually physically do the revelation that I got yesterday. So it becomes more and more practical. So for me, just one more thing is I go back to Genesis chapter 1, 2, and 3, where God prepared, he gave the earth to man. We are partners with God in the gospel. He, he wanted Adam and Eve to work in the garden. He wanted them to take dominion of the earth. He wanted them to, to create a pattern of earth by the pattern in heaven through partnership with him. So in, in every practical term and, and from a kingdom understanding, I'm a partner with God who is managing the earth. And I'm not managing as much as Richard Branson or 
or Elon Musk, but I can manage what little he's given me. And I'm grateful for what I have because, you know, if I have a small family and a small business and a small church, then I'm blessed because the bigger the church, the bigger the family, the bigger the business, the more responsibility I have and I'm accountable to God for that. So I'm not looking for more. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't want more necessarily because I've already got him. I'm already satisfied. Yes, I have a vision and a dream for the future and yes, I have desires that, that are yet to be fulfilled and I know that he's a good father and he's going to give good gifts to his children. But I'm not looking to please man by showing how big my house and car and, and how many people are in my church because from a kingdom perspective, that's just hard work. <laughs> I don't want any more work, thank you very much. I would prefer to be faithful with little. You know, but I know that as I'm faithful with little, he's going to make me faithful with more, yeah. I've got one other question. Um, it's been amazing to us how you've uh, coped with and gone through the biggest, most horrible trial, that everything was taken from you, um, not to give details, but we're just amazed, I mean, how you... Uh, reacted, how you behaved through this horrendous attack on your family, on everything that pertained to you, your businesses, everything was destroyed by the enemy. (laughs) So, and we're amazed at how you are so resilient, full of joy and still exhibiting the kingdom. Would you like to comment on that? Yeah. Yeah. This is beautiful. Last question, I guess. Um, Really, truthfully, I'm shocked. I'm amazed. I didn't do any. I did not do anything. Paul said, "You know, it, it's Christ who is doing the works through me." He said, "It's His power that works mightily through you for the working out of of, of the miracles and the, the works that He's done for you." So, for me, I have almost become addicted to trials. You know, I watched a few war movies recently. Those Afghanistani, you know, those American soldiers, when they go back home, they go crazy. They need to be in the battle. They've been so wound up. They get they go over to do a, um, a rotation in Afghanistan and, and, and they're posted there. And then they go back to America for time out and rehabilitation and they get they can't function in society. You know, and Paul Paul said, you know, to Timothy, be a so- good soldier. A soldier does not involve himself in civilian affairs. Um, but he just wants to, the athlete wants to please his commanding officer, his master. So what I'm saying is I discovered who I was when everything went wrong. Jesus said, if you build your house on the rock, you will be unshakable, immovable, no matter what the waves and the storms bring, you, you will be stable. And I found that when coronavirus happened and when all sorts of other things happened, I was standing on the rock. So what I'm saying is, James says, receive the, the word, um, receive the word that was sown in your heart that is able to save your your souls. Receive, receive with meekness the ingrafted word. So I have the word of the kingdom has been planted in my heart and only when it was tested did I look inside and discover the kingdom that I'm of. Mm-hmm. 
So if you find, I mean, John says it this way. He said, if you sin, you don't know God. He said, if you, if you keep on sinning, then you do not know God. But if you, if you walk in the light as he is in the light, then you have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses you from all sins. I discovered that I am of Christ. <laughs> when, when everything went wrong, when everything went wrong, the pressure outside of you exposes the seed that is inside of you. The pressures on the outside expose what's on the inside. So the testing of your faith develops persevering. Rejoice, my brothers, when you encounter various trials, you know. So what I found was I lean on him. That's it. I just lean on him more and more. That doesn't matter. Like, it's irrelevant. The whole world can blow up. I don't care. I just don't care because because I am. it's literally like the more – the devil pushes me, the, the stronger I get because it's the kingdom. The kingdom is in me. It's the seed of the kingdom. Jesus talks about the seed of the kingdom. He said the devil is sowing his seeds. The enemy came and sowed seeds. So there are people who are the enemy. I mean, you've got to look at the Bible. Jesus called Judas a, de- a devil. He wasn't. He said he, he was a devil. So, so I'm... I'm really excited because I know that I am born of God. <laughs> and he who is born of God overcomes the world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, yeah, so praise God. <laughs> Do you want to pray for people? Just pray for people, say, say a prayer, um, be outlandish because God wants to do exceedingly more than we can ask or think or imagine. So thank you, Father. <laughs> Oh, hi again, listeners. <laughs> um, I pray that your the eyes of your heart will be opened, that you can understand the kingdom and that you'll be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And it is the word that washes you and cleanses you and heals you. And I would encourage you that just keep your mind and your gaze on Christ Jesus and him crucified, that Try not to let the worries of the world and everything else choke the seed by thinking about anything other than Christ and focus, focus, focus. The time is short. I feel that it's um, it's urgent days and it's time to just keep our eyes on Christ, keep our eyes on the word and live it as well as you can. And so we... We release to you and impart to you the power of the Holy Spirit, that explosive power and that resurrection power that's in our spirit because we are joined together with Christ and our spirit is seated in heaven in Christ Jesus. And the we ask the Lord to help us to get that resurrection life power that's in our spirit out into our bodies and into our souls. And God bless Amen. you today in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you guys for listening. If you found this helpful, please share it uh, with other Christians and non-Christians alike. Speak to you soon.